It's Wednesday in the second week of Lent. Welcome to today's Lentcast. This is Father John Zulsdorf. We continue our spiritual pilgrimage to all the Roman stations today by gathering with others at San Giorgio in Velabro, where we were on the second day of Lent, and then we continue across the Foro Boario, past the Temple of Portuna, to the Ponte Palatino, and then across the Tiber River to Trastevere, and we walk up the Via dei Vascellari, and the Palazzo dei Ponziani, which is the house of St. Francis of Rome, Santa Francesco Romana. It's the, one of the first places I ever lived in uh, when I was in Rome. And uh, then we go down the street into the gate of the outer courtyard of the basilica itself, and on the right side there's an ancient pomerium stone that is a marker of the city limit, and then down into the basilica. I have a real connection with this basilica. As I mentioned, when I first moved to Rome, I lived in a residence nearby, and it was run by the rector of the basilica, who would take me along every morning to serve mass within the cloister for the Benedictine nuns. Now, way back in the day, Emperor Alexander Severus was not happy at all about the spread of Christianity, and so he tacked well-known converts in the city, including Cecilia's future husband, Valerian, and his brothers. And at this time, Pope Urban I was murdered. Well, Cecilia was very well-known, and so they tried to kill her with a little more stealth. They locked her in a steam bath for a few days. They tried suffocation. Eventually, they severed her head from her neck, at least partially, and she forgave her killers, and she died. And first her body was put into the catacombs of St. Callistus, but it was transferred here to her church built in the ruin of the baths where she was martyred. A basilica was built here by Paschal I in the 8th century. You will remember Paschal from the mosaics at the station church Santa Maria in Domnica last Sunday. The mosaics here at Santa Cecilia show Christ against a blue background surrounded by saints, including Paschal, with this famous blue uh, halo, square halo, indicating that when the mosaic was made, he was still alive. One of the glories of the basilica is the baldachin, which dates to 1283. It was made by Arnolfo di Cambio. And just before the Jubilee of 1600, Cecilia's tomb was rediscovered and solemnly opened, and they found her preserved body wearing bloody robes, and the body was lying in exactly the same manner as the famous sculpture uh, made to portray the moment, which you can see beneath the church's main altar. Cecilia lies on her side, her partially severed neck displayed, her head twisted backward away from the viewer. There were many additions to the church in the Middle Ages, and then it was entirely baroqued in the Baroque period in the 1700s. And in the convent, there is a fresco by Pietro Cavallini from 1293 of the Last Judgment. This convent is held by the Benedictine sisters, who traditionally took care of the lambs, which are blessed on St. Agnes Day, and which provide wool for the weaving of the palia that are given by the Pope to archbishops on the feast of St. Peter and Paul.
from The Sacramentary by Blessed Ildefonso Schuster. The privilege which Jesus concedes to his chosen friends is that of drinking his chalice. The draft is bitter, but it gives strength to the soul. Love is nourished on sacrifice and pain. The more we love Jesus, the more we shall suffer for him. We suffer because we love, and we love because pain feeds the pure flame of love. Thus the seraph of Assisi, with his hands and feet and side pierced by love, taught the people how to love and suffer in the words, So great the good I have in sight, it changeth pain into delight. Tante bene chium m'aspetto, che omni pena me diletto. <laughs> 